You are listening to the Life Church podcast. To learn more about Life Church, our gathering times at any of our central Indiana locations, or our Life Crew online, visit us at lifechurchin.com or follow the link in the description. Today's talk is from Pastor Mike Melito. We are uh, not going to be in 2 Samuel today. Uh, if, if you're new here, we do typically go through the Bible verse by verse, and we're in the book of 2 Samuel. But we're taking today to talk about prayer because we're kicking off 21 days of prayer and uh, really felt like it was important to come back to the importance of prayer, uh, do a teaching on that. But hopefully, and my prayer is, that you would be inspired and moved to prayer. Okay, um, so we're going to talk about pr- pretty much mostly the, the Lord's Prayer today. And so it's in Matthew chapter 6, we're going to go there. But I heard another preacher tell this story uh, a couple weeks ago. He said a, a man and his friend were, were out hanging out, talking about the Bible and talking about things. And, and uh, he said to his friend, he said, I, I bet you probably don't know much about the Bible. I bet you even $10, you don't even know the Lord's Prayer. And uh, his friend said, oh, I'll take that bet. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that. So he got ready to say it. And he said, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. And his friend kind of laughed at him and said, I didn't think you knew it. So, <laughs> so and gave him the 10 bucks. You know, I, that was a funny story. What's not so funny, I don't know if you guys keep up with news uh, a lot. I do, and it was in the news a, a few months ago, I think, where some Jeopardy contestants, you know, really smart people that seem to know a lot going on that show uh, on a $200 question, which means it's supposed to be a softball question. The riddle was um, Matthew 6, 9 says, Our Father which art in heaven... This be thy name. They couldn't come up with the word Hollywood. And it, it was in the news because everybody was just astounded. Like, this is, you don't even have to be a Christian to know this. Like, it's just people recite this prayer over and over and over again. I, I grew up in a Catholic church and we had to memorize the Lord's Prayer. And perhaps you've memorized the Lord's Prayer, which is, is really not a bad thing, by the way. It should be called the Disciples' Prayer, though, I think. Because it, the Lord can't pray this prayer. It, you know, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against. He doesn't need forgiveness. He can't pray this prayer. Right. It's really not his prayer. It's the disciples' prayer. But that's besides the point. Um, but what we're going to discover and what we want to really hone in on today is prayer is not an informational transaction between us and God. It's a relationship with God. Yes to see things happen, to see heaven come to earth, to see eternity enter time, but it's first and foremost a relationship with Jesus. Jesus actually at one point in scriptures calls the Bible or God's word bread for the soul. And, uh, and I, I oftentimes will go the next step and I, I'm, it's not necessarily in the Bible, but I think the principle is there that if that, the Bible is bread for the soul, praying is breathing for the soul, for the spirit. And so many times when we are prayerless, we feel in our spirit, we feel in our soul like we're suffocating. It's because you're not breathing. (laughs) Try that. Just everybody hold your breath for a minute, right? Prayer is breathing for your spirit. And in the New Testament, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus starts to teach the disciples how to pray. He starts by telling them how 
not to pray. <laughs> right? Here's some good things not to do. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. Whenever you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites because they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people. Don't be like them because your Father knows the things you need before you ask Him. So he says, don't pray like everyone else. And this is really important because there's a lot of misunderstandings about this. He, he says, don't pray in the synagogues for everyone to be seen. Another paraphrase of this, and, and I want to be careful, it, it, it's, it is a paraphrase, it's not a translation, but it says the world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques to get what you want from God. Don't fall for that. That's another paraphrase. By the way, don't misunderstand me, we need prayer warriors. There is warfare prayer, and, 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 and so what, what that paraphrase is saying, there's a lot of things that people want to do to be seen praying, or they want to learn techniques to pray because I want to get God to do something, right? And so maybe if I pray this way, maybe if I do this thing, maybe if I tried, you know, reciting this prayer, he's saying, don't, this is not... That's not prayer. It's easy to take it that way, right? Absolutely. Don't miss this. We, we absolutely, we ask God for things, and we ask God to do things in our lives, but it's not first and foremost just for him to do things for us. Who wants to have a kid? Who wants to have a son or daughter who only talks to them when they need something? <laughs> That's sad. I mean, that, that, it happens. Some of us, and, and this is a whole nother, I, I'm gonna get off on a rabbit trail here. Some of us raise our kids in such a way that we train them to that. So you gotta be careful with that too. But we, we, we read here that before we go to God with our needs, he already knows what we need. Donya and I got in this deep conversation one time. We were on a road trip and this verse came up and I was like, why do you think we have to pray then? If he already knows, why do we have to pray? Like, Pastor, you're, you're telling us about relationship. Yeah, but if you already know somebody needs something, if I already know my kids need something, am I just gonna do it? Not necessarily. Just because God knows something doesn't mean he acts on that. I want you to think about that for a minute. God may know what you need. It doesn't necessarily mean he acts on that. Prayer is the key to unlock those things. Not because he wants to force us into doing something. He, he knows what you're going to need. He knows what you are going to talk about. He knows the things that you need. He just wants to know, do you want to talk to him about it? Right? And so, he wants relationship. And sometimes it seems like it would just be more simple to just have the ability to leave a list with him and live our lives, right? Again, I said I grew up Catholic, and, and, uh, and, and uh, by the way, I know a lot of Catholics who love Jesus with all their hearts, so this isn't in, in any way to disparage them, but the Catholic faith itself is, is severely flawed, and, and yet at the same time, I could see the reason why people like it. If I sin, 
I just go to the confession booth and I recite some Hail Marys and Our Fathers and I'm good to go. That's simple, right? I'm good. In fact, uh, long ago in history, uh, when the state was running the Catholic Church, they, they even sold indulgences. Does anybody know what that is? I, I'm kind of paraphrasing this, but it's kind of like, you know, you, uh, your, your work is planning a uh, conference in Vegas, and you know you're going to spend a weekend in Vegas. And so you're going to go to the church and say, I'm probably going to gamble. There might be some other, you know, some drunkenness or whatever. How much will that cost me to keep me out of purgatory? They would sell indulgences. Great fundraiser, I would think, right? <laughs> but, uh, you know, that was the state-run Catholic church. But you could see sometimes why rituals are attractive because they're simple. They're not messy. They don't have to get personal. And yet God wants to have a personal relationship with you, your creator, God of the heavens and earth. Heaven is his throne and earth is his footstool. He's waiting to see if you will have a relationship with him. Think about that. It's amazing, right? But here's the thing, he'll still work, listen to this, he'll still work through you and even sometimes do things for you when you don't have a relationship, but that doesn't end well. We had this conversation in a Bible college class at one time and, and the professor asked us, you know, if um, he brought up Jim Baker, he's a, an evangelist from decades ago who had a major moral failing, uh, failure and major fallout, some of you are familiar with that. And, he asked about the people who were saved under Jim's ministry and, and uh, the, the miracles that happened. And, and he, he, the question was, were they really saved if he was not really in earnest, if he was not really who he said he was as far as his character goes? What, what, what about those healings? What, what, is it authentic? And, and it, believe it or not, it was a debate. I, I couldn't believe it was a debate because my, my thing was, well, yeah, sure it is. Sure it is. Why? Because God's going to work through our brokenness all the time because of his mercy. He'll do things through you. He'll do things through me, not because I'm so great, but because he's great through me. And in fact, when I acknowledge my brokenness, when I acknowledge my shortcomings, he'll shine even brighter. But even if I don't, if I don't have a relationship with him, he'll do those things. It just doesn't end well. Listen to this in Matthew chapter 7. This is a very sobering passage. Jesus says in Verse 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. But they, they did miracles. They cast out demons. They performed wonders. Yes, but I never knew you. God wants to know you on a personal level. And lest we think rituals, like saying Hail Marys, would just be easier, let's just acknowledge this. Being in a relationship with God might get messier. But in the long run, with God, life will be easier. Life, life will throw difficulties at you, especially in this day and age. Don't misunderstand me. But you'll have him with you. 
And that makes all the difference in the world. But I have to think, if I was in those people's shoes, what do you mean you never knew me? Jesus, you're God. You know everyone. Your word says you know the number of hairs on my head. A number for me these days, which is going down. (laughs) He's tired of counting them, so he's just letting them go. (laughs) So, it's... (laughs) Once in a while, Pastor Nathan wants us to review the videos of us preaching, and um, we have two cameras. We have this one up here, and a few months ago, I turned around, and I saw (laughs) what I don't normally see on that camera, and I said, let's not use that camera anymore when I'm preaching. (laughs) But he he said, he knows the number of hairs on your head. Of course, that's true. He does know these things, but he wants more than that. He wants to know you because you voluntarily share your life with him and ultimately give him leadership over your life and that's done through prayer. It's done through prayer. Look, there's things my kids want and need and just like I said just now, sometimes I just want them to ask and I will wait for them to ask. And sometimes I wonder if they're ever going to ask. And I'm like, you need to ask soon because things are happening, right? And then, you know, the temptation becomes to do it anyway or let them deal with the consequences of not asking on time. But but it's it's similar with the Lord. And And he's saying, don't make this just about what you think you need, what you think you want. Don't follow some formula or recite some prayer or make it a ritual. People do that. Don't be like that because he, Jesus, wants to be an active part of your life. And if your prayers are more like a voicemail with a list of things you want for him to do, that's no relationship at all. Amen? So he says, don't pray like that. And then he goes into, here's how you do pray in verse 6, Matthew chapter 6. Chapter 6, verse 6, but when you pray, go into your private room, shut your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray, don't babble like the Gentiles since they imagine they'll be heard for their many words. Again, going back to reciting things and doing things to be noticed. Don't be like them because your Father knows the things you need before you ask Him. He's saying, go do this in private. Right? We have corporate prayer. We pray together in church. And there is a place for that. So don't, don't use this as an excuse to say, I don't need church. He said, pray in private. You need all of it. We need all of it. There's purpose for all of it. Ephesians says, pray together on all occasions. James says, confess your sins one to another. Yes. Ooh. Right? By the way, there's a promise tied to that. You confess your sins one to another. So you will be healed, by the way. Acts chapter 2, they were all gathered together praying, which culminated in the baptism of the Holy Spirit and thousands coming to know the Lord. So there's a place for corporate prayer. And there's a place for private prayer. And it's not either or, it's both and. Right? But if... If you think about corporate prayer, and again, I, I use my kids for examples. I won't be sharing any stories about them today. Um, I only do that when, you know, they make me mad. So, and we're all good right now. But, um, but if the only time my kids talk to me 
is when we're a big group of people around, again, there would be no relationship. And yet, if they didn't talk to me when other people were around, well, that would be awful too, right? Different things happen in corporate prayer than happen in private, and different things happen in private than happen in corporate, and they're both important. About a month ago, we were at Saturday morning prayer, 9 o'clock, every Saturday, you should be here. And um, we were praying towards the end of the prayer meeting. We were praying, God, would you take all the madness in this world, the, the um, blatant evil, the demonic activity, all that is just so obvious before us, would you use that to draw people to you? Even out of desperation, would you, would you just use that to wake people up? And we prayed that prayer together. And some of you know uh, this because I shared it because you were at the prayer meeting. About an hour later, I don't remember why, but Emma and I are sitting over here in the produ production room, and I get a phone call from a friend of ours in New England, Shearston. And we, we became really close friends, Shearston and her husband, Brian. When we were in New England, Shearston sang on our worship team. We always thought it was really cool. She used to sing for a group called Super Chick. I don't know, some of you might know who that is. They're a Christian rock group. So um, she calls because when we first met her, she found out that I'm a big Lord of the Rings nerd. And she was really excited. She came up to me and Danya after church in the parking lot like, you have to meet my husband. He doesn't come to church with me, but he loves Lord of the Rings. And I think if you guys could get to talking about that, maybe, maybe that'll end up with him coming to church. And so I did, we did, and, and actually Brian and I became really good friends. Um, I got him to come to church uh, Two times, once he actually helped me assemble the new uh, video system, which he never came to enjoy, <laughs> but he came to help me. And then another time he came to hear me preach and that was cool, but he, no real ongoing connection was ever made. And we moved back here and kind of kept up with them, but Brian started to kind of really get close to the line and he may have crossed the line into paganism. Um, paganism is very prevalent in New England. It's probably just as prevalent here, and maybe it's just not as obvious as it is there. But um, very concerned about that, was praying for him. We prayed with Shearston. I still kept a channel of communication because Brian and I, we had deep conversations when we were there. We would go hiking in New Hampshire, and we would talk, and we would talk I would talk about Jesus, and he would talk about philosophy, and how he doesn't like organized religion, and all those different things. Well, she calls... And she's just so excited. She's like, you gotta get Donya. We couldn't find Donya. And I'm like, you can't wait to tell me whatever it is you're gonna tell me until Donya's here. And I'm terribly curious. She said, Brian has given his life to Jesus. Hold on. I said, well, what? Awesome, right? What finally did it? He said, Jesus has been talking to me about all the crazy things happening in this world. I, I'm, this is like almost verbatim. And I've realized that he's the only real answer to all of this. <laughs> right? And it, it was, we just prayed that an hour ago and 
And she, she calls, she's like, I wanted to tell you while he wasn't here, because I, I think he would kind of get weirded out by us being so excited about it. And I, I, I get that, right? So, um, but then uh, the coolest thing happened, you know, not that I doubted it at all, but you know, she told me that. He didn't tell me. Well, this week, uh, I was at the gym, actually. I got a text from Brian. And he says, <laughs> he says, how you doing? What's going on? I said, oh, you know, good, doing this thing with DHS. Emma's going to second year college, et cetera. He said, that's all good. No complaints here. Sword is starting freshman. Arwen's starting varsity fo- uh, volleyball. On another subject, a little odd, he says, Jesus spoke to me. <laughs> and called me back to service. I joined the worship team with Shearston and, and, and did my first show last week. That's it. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm playing every service for the next two months. I'm thinking about actually taking a role with the church and becoming a worship leader. He, he was an amazing musician. Life is crazy, my friend. I miss you. And I said, you were made for that, Brian. And then he says, I'm scared, I'm afraid, but I'm not confused and I have clarity for the first time in a while. I'm sure this is why he spoke to me. A little overwhelmed, but I can handle this. The the world needs God's army more than ever, and I have to be a part of it. I'd love to sit here and I would love to share a story that we were hiking a mountain one day and I, I just spoke so eloquently about Jesus that we're at the summit of the mountain and he says, yes, I'm ready to receive. And, you know, uh, it just didn't happen that way. And, and uh, in fact, when Shearson was talking to us, I said, Shearson, I have to confess to you, this is one of those things I thought, I don't know if this is ever gonna happen. I kept praying. She said, I thought so too. But that's from prayer, and that's from both in the secret place prayer. She was praying for him. I was praying for him. Donnie was praying for him. But then there was also corporate prayer involved in that. See, what needs to happen for someone to really come to Jesus is the heart work. We could speak. I could speak to you. I could open God's word to you. We could have worship. We could do all the things that we could see from the outside. But while that's happening... We need to be praying that the Holy Spirit is doing the work under the surface that we can't do. It doesn't work without prayer, right? And it's just astounding to me when, and you know, I should be used to it as a Christian of many years, you know, when God does something. But when you pray, God use the madness of this world to get someone's attention. And an hour later, someone's telling you, you know, Brian said, it's the craziness of this world that got his attention. It's like, Lord, you're at work. And those are the kinds of things that happen when you're in relationship with him and you're in a prayer relationship with him. And Jesus says in this passage, your father who sees in secret will reward you. We're kicking off 21 days of prayer and fasting. And that's going to be corporate prayer. I'm praying it inspires you to personal prayer too, but just in scriptures, we see corporate prayer is very powerful. Acts chapter 2, it was the believers praying together that culminated in the baptism of the Holy Spirit and thousands coming to Jesus. There's power in corporate prayer, the power of the Holy Spirit to give us influence in the culture and over our own flesh. 
the power to see God move in mighty ways over our community. And we're not gonna reach our community without prayer. One of the things that Pastor Nathan says in Growth Track, and I love it, he says prayer is the rocket fuel of life church. And we're relying on it. And you need to be a part of that. You need to have that kind of power in your life. And so I, I just, this isn't a shameless plug, this is a bold plug. Look at your schedule. If you could be here at 6.30 in the morning, be here. Just do it, right? I, I know Emma didn't seem too excited about that. She should be used to it. She got up earlier than that to go, work, to, go to work to Starbucks in the morning, right? Yeah, it should be, should be no problem for you. If you can't, you can't. That's why we change times. We, we try to give different times for different schedules. But maybe you just already kind of wrote it off in your mind. Don't do that. Look for times you can be here. And when you can't be here, get in your prayer closet and pray that day anyway. Humble yourself and pray. The Old Testament says in Chronicles, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will hear the, heal their land. How many know our land needs healing? Yes. This is what 21 days of prayer and fasting is about. And we're adding fasting in this time, by the way. There's a purpose to fasting. The one thing is fasting brings Focus. Fasting brings focus. It doesn't at first. If any of you have fasted, you know the first few days is anything but focus. It's really tough. But there's lots of different kinds of fasts. You could do, you could do a whole out fast, just nothing but water and vitamins, or maybe real hardcore, no vitamins either, just water. I mean, good, best wishes on that. Um, I've seen people do that. You could do a Daniel fast. Anybody ever do a Daniel fast? In a nutshell, it's no meat and no, no meats, no sweets. In a nutshell, it's a little bit more than that. But this is from the Old Testament when Daniel wouldn't eat the king's diet and he ate something different and he came out healthier than all the other guys. It's the Daniel fast. We used to do a Daniel fast every year at my church in New Bern. And uh, this one year I was doing it, uh, I decided to uh, keep a log, fictionally, of my progress on the fast. And so this is a while ago. This is longer ago than I would like to admit. But I found the video. Do you all want to see it? Yes. <laughs> this is me talking about the Daniel fast. You'll probably be able to tell that it's really long ago based on the image itself. So <laughs> let's go ahead. <laughs> Start of the Daniel's fast. I'm ready to go. I uh, I've got my Bible here with me, my verses. I'm going to read a little extra. I'm going to pray a little more. I'm excited for what God's going to do. So I'm going to try to keep people updated with all the uh, information. I think I'm just going to sail right through this this year. I really believe it's going to be, but we'll see. We're going to keep this on the blog, and uh, we'll find out. In the New Testament. Some people don't think fasting is for the New Testament. It's right here in the New Testament. Jesus said, when you fast, that 
kind of implies that he's expecting us to fast. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces and show men their fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received a reward in full. I am secretly fasting. I'm going to make it look like I've been eating a lot, but I am secretly fasting and putting it on the video on the World Wide Web, but it's a big secret, so don't... Don't tell anybody. Get a little hungry, you know, starting to crave a few things. Wouldn't mind a, a nice uh, bacon cheeseburger or uh, and a fajita sounds great from Acapulco or, or Jalisco for those of you who think they're better. Uh, definitely I'm not craving any sweets like um, donut from Donut Bank or, <laughs> yeah, I guess I kind of did miss it this morning at Sunday last yeah well anyway I'm doing okay I the key I think is to not think about it so I'm gonna stop thinking about it and start thinking about how to make myself look full so I could keep my fast a secret it is starting to get a little hard I'm not gonna lie and all I could think about is what I can't have all I can think about is like a nice warm apple fritter from Starbucks or some some of my wife's cinnamon rolls or man some roasted chicken from the chicken supper and I clear my head and I just start reading and then all of a sudden it just pops in my head again here's something else you can't have Mike don't you wish you could have this don't you wish you could have you know I might be better off if I just go ahead and have something so I could concentrate on God's Word again really I might be better off Let's stick stick to this so, here we go. Gonna keep it up on the Daniel Fe Uh This is just peanut butter. Uh, what I found is that this, it's, it's all natural. Just has ground up peanuts in it. And see, right here in the ingredients. Made from roasted peanuts and sh Roasted peanuts and sugar. So I guess that means these are out of the question too. Oh. I don't know. I feel like I'm dying. I have this headache. I can't concentrate. All I want is something simple, something just like spoonful of peanut butter. Is that so bad? Really? I mean, really, just something real small, just something little, you know. Now I can get on with my day. Get on with my day. I mean, I really, I'll still be having a lot less than I would have. Do this. I can't do it. I can't do it. I feel like I'm in the wilderness. Looking forward to that miracle service, Pastor Troy. Just saying. Okay, look, I'm really sorry you had to see me that way. Uh, it was just, you know, it was a moment of weakness, but I think it's past. I think I'm good. Catching my second wind here. And I'm feeling pretty good about what's going to happen with this Daniel Fast. So that marks the first hour. First hour of the Daniel Fast down. Check. And, uh, you know, obviously, I have an undue amount of um, reliance on sweets and whatnot. So uh, I'm learning something here. Anyway, really glad to have shared my first hour of the fast with you. That's hour number one down. And uh, only got about three more weeks to go, so we're going to make it happen. 
sticking it together, doing it together, so, uh... <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. What's that? You sound like a nerd. I, I, a nerd? Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> That's the Daniel fast. We're calling on 21 days of prayer and fasting. And that is actually somewhat of an adequate representation of what the first day or so might look like. You get in the rhythm after that, though, for real, as long as you don't cheat and eat the Reese's Pieces. So, you know. Um, but you can do this. And if you, if you um, commit to doing this, 21 days of prayer and fasting, you will never, ever regret it. Because it's not an informational transaction, it's a relationship with God. And Jesus here is telling us how to do it. And it all culminates in this. I know we said we're gonna talk about the Lord's Prayer, here it is, okay? So that was my introduction. So, um, just kidding. In Matthew chapter six, starting in verse nine, we have what we call the Lord's Prayer, and it's kind of in two parts. First part's about Him. The second part is about us. And if you're reading the complete Lord's Prayer, you have a third part, which is back to Him. It's in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. Therefore, you should pray like this. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And in some versions, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Goes on to say, if you forgive others their offenses, your heavenly father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive others, your father will not forgive your offenses. It's meant to be a model, not something you recite. Good to memorize. It's good to memorize scripture, but not something you recite. When he, he says, when you pray, pray like this. He doesn't just say recite this. He says, pray like this. And it starts out with two simple words, our Father. And that in and of itself has deep significance. And this is, again, why we do corporate prayer is our Father. It's not just my Father. My Father who's in heaven. God wants us to know that we are not, you are not an only child. Right? I grew up, and some of you know this. Some of you are going to be like, oh, that explains a lot. I'm an only child, like, on earth. But when it comes to God, my Father, I am not an only child. He wants us to know we're not an only child. We're a part of a family, a church family. This is why church is important. It's why you need to be part of a church. And many Christians have, have limited this to say, my God, I'm not part of a family. I don't need the church. I don't need that. Yes, you do. It starts out the prayer. Pray like this, our Father. I love when my family's all together. I love it. And I love both my kids equally. I got no favorites. But when one isn't there and it's just three of us, or the other isn't there and it's still just three of us, it's not the same kind of joy inside as when we're all together. 
And if it's like that for me, it's gotta, that's got to be a reflection of the Father's heart. He loves his people to get together and spend time with him. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored. He's also our Father who's not of this world. He's above it and he's transcended to it. This is huge because a lot of people have a warped idea of who God the Father is because of the relationship they've had with their Father here on earth. But our fathers here on earth, even the good ones, are limited by the sinful nature and the confines of this finite existence. But God is not subject to this broken, finite world, limited by sinful nature, limited by those confines. He's limitless, and that's our Father in heaven. And acknowledging that, right? Don't look at your Father in heaven through the lens of a limited earthly father or through the lens of a limited world, but know your Father in heaven is hallowed. He's set apart. He's above the world. Outside time has no limits, so your prayers should have no limits. Our Father in heaven, he operates in that realm, but we need him to come and operate in this realm. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is probably my favorite verse in the Bible because it encapsulates so simply God's purposes in your life and in this world that we would see his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And you look around and say, that's not happening, pastor. (laughs) We got problems. Yes, we do. You know what God's answer to that is? Us praying and doing something about it. Right? This is why we pray big prayers. He wants heaven on earth. Is there illness in heaven? No. Is there broken homes in heaven? No. Are there children being trafficked in heaven? Absolutely not. God's children are not for sale. Is there corrupt leadership in heaven? No. Is there gender confusion in heaven? No. Is there any confusion in heaven? No. no. And he says, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And this does not work without prayer. It takes supernatural power for that to happen. Yes. Right? And the, the more time carries on, the more obvious that is. Right? It also means that when we pray, it doesn't so much change God as it changes us. He gives us that heavenly perspective so that when we see things on earth that don't align with heaven, we can then do something about it. And we should do something about it, right? Together. Together. Amen. Give us today our daily bread. Our needs, he already knows them, right? But he still wants us to ask. And he will always, always provide. He says in another passage, who of you, if your son asks for a fish, would give him a serpent? How much more will your heavenly father give you the Holy Spirit if only you ask? Ask. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Forgiveness is provided, provided you ask. Right? I, I, I don't... There's been times, and we were in youth ministry for uh, like 15 years before 
uh, we were taking on other roles. And there's been times when, particularly students, but grown-ups do this too, so I don't want to unfairly segment it, but when, when a student has done something wrong and they realize they've done something wrong, they may even say, I shouldn't have done that. But for some reason, in their mind, that qualifies as asking for forgiveness. You know anybody like this? Like, they may know something's wrong, and they just kind of expect or are entitled to that forgiveness. And you're like, uh, you gonna ask? You gonna acknowledge what you did? I, I wanna forgive you, but you gotta ask. Forgiveness is provided, provided you ask. You've got to humble yourself. You can't get anything from God without humility, right? And in that humility, we must also forgive, which probably for a lot of us will take a lot of prayer, right? It's not easy to forgive, especially those closest to us especially our spouses or our family or our loved ones. In, in, our, in marriage, we've, we've got to become experts at forgiving. Why? Because we're supposed to be like Jesus for that person. You're not going to do that without prayer. You need God's help with that. I've got to be like Jesus for Donya, but I'm not Jesus. <laughs> I need his help. I've got to ask. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I think of this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, no temptation will come to you beyond what you can bear. Not to be confused with, you know, God not giving you more than you can handle. He'll always give you more than you can handle. Why? So you'll go to him and can rely on him, but no temptation will overcome you. He says, you say, deliver us from the evil one. James chapter four says, resist the devil and he must flee. God has given you the tools. And he gives you the power in prayer. Jesus modeled that for us when he faced the temptation from the devil by quoting scripture. And after Jesus resisted the devil, not only did he uh, flee, but Jesus had angels come and tend to him. Think about that. Would you like to have angels come and tend to you? Pray. <laughs> Pray. Jesus is showing us the relationship we can have with the Father, the power we have in that relationship. Yes, even over our enemy. Some of us act like we're powerless even our own, over our own selves, our own habits, our own situations. And Jesus shows us the great power we have when we're in relationship with the Father. Nothing will overtake you. Angels will come tend to you. Why in the world would we not pray? Why is this so hard? We make it that way. It's like a lot of things in life. Getting in shape, whatever else. You gotta take the first few steps. And as you do it more and more, it turns from a discipline to a joy. And it's a privilege. Prayer is a privilege that we have because Jesus died on the cross, opened heaven to us, and none of this is possible without that. He atoned for our sin, 
removing the barrier between us and God, gave us his righteousness, gave us the right to be called sons and daughters of God. So why, are, why not talk to the Father? It's a relationship he wants to have with you. Separation from God is hell on earth. And if you stay separate from God, it becomes literal hell. Depart from me, I never knew you, he said. 21 days of prayer is an opportunity to start or restart that relationship. And I want to invite you, whether you can be here every day, or you can be here at all, I want to invite you to make a commitment today to go deeper in your relationship with God by praying more. It's a conversation with our Father. It's pray, it's breathing for your spirit. No one has to tell you to breathe, by the way. Most of the time, right? Ephesians 6.18 says, pray in the spirit at all times. What if I had to say, um, breathe at all times? <laughs> like, we, we know we've got to breathe. But when I, when I read, pray in the spirit at all times, I'm thinking, breathe. Let your spirit breathe at all times. It, it makes sense when you think about it that way, right? You'd have no problem breathing because it's essential to life. And the same is true for your relationship with God are you breathing? Where is that today? Are you suffocating? Do you need more oxygen? Where are you in your relationship with Jesus today? Let's we're encouraged by today's talk. Be sure to rate us, share with a friend, and hit subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you stream your podcasts. Our mission is simple. Come to life, connect to grow, find your purpose, make a difference. Thanks for listening to the Life Church Podcast.